0: Welcome to episode number 19 of The Space In Between, and today we're going to speak with Erica, my acupuncturist, and she's got some stories in there and sharing her version of The Space In Between. And uh, before we get there, uh, by the time you're listening to this, I have will have just gotten back from Costa Rica, but as I'm recording this, I haven't been there yet, so I don't get to tell you how awesome it was. <laughs> I'll tell you more about that next week, I'm sure. Uh, but what you can do in the meantime is uh, get ready for my movement class happening this month in the Hudson Valley. Uh, this Friday, March 8th for at Beacon Yoga at 6 p.m., we'll be there again and then Friday, sorry Thursday Thursdays the 14th and the 28th will be at bar body and soul at 5:30 p.m. So three chances in the month of March to get your movement 109 on uh, it's been really such a joy sharing this with various studios and communities so, I even shared it at West Point a little bit, uh, which was with the cadets. So that was cool. Uh, But yeah, and speaking of which, we have also our tribe training. So this is for anybody who's already a certified yoga teacher or anybody who's already... um, in the military community who has access to teaching active duty this is the training for you it's a week long training and our tribe our new nonprofit organization which is bringing teaching resilience increasing balance and endurance uh we're bringing the tools of yoga to the active duty. So we're going to teach you how to incorporate them into PT programs there, and then also how to inc- and introduce, really making it super accessible, meditation, pranayama, mindfulness, and the philosophy of yoga, and how to interweave that into the teaching there with active duty. And then we have also opportunities for you to teach with us um, once you're a tribe teacher. So you can find out more at our website, Website, And I'll be sprinkling out more information too here, but again, that's April 27th and 28th and you can find that over at the Nomad website. And now let's join Erica. All right. So hello everyone. And hello. We're with Erica today. Erica is, um, my acupuncturist. <laughs> hello. <laughs> yeah. And we've known each other from afar for years. I took a workshop of yours when you first got back
1: from.
2: Oh, I
0: don't think I know this.
1: What was it? (laughs) I don't remember the content, but there was um, it was at All Sport. Okay. And it was one of the first things that you taught when you got back. Yeah. And you were very raw because of what had been going on in your life that sent you on that journey, and um, you weren't you mentioned things, but you didn't really talk about them. And I, it's funny, I remember all those things about you and I have no idea what the class was about. It's like a three hour workshop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great, So, which is so funny because I really don't ever share so much about my own personal life when I teach, but whatever I was teaching, I hope it was necessary. <laughs> um, and I guess it, hopefully it resonated with you because we stay connected absolutely yeah I do remember I don't remember exactly what I was teaching but I do remember you now now that you said all sport yeah I forgot I had taught a workshop there yes
1: yeah that was a while ago I was new to the area and you had newly returned <clears throat> so maybe it was that that resonated with me um, yeah but we've always been like circling around which is so funny because that yeah. has continued as a thread to what we do talk about and what comes up comes up in our lives phrases and ideas that we're having are are very similar yeah and i always thought that was very interesting
0: yeah me too cuz we haven't really i'm interested to see where this talk goes to be perfectly honest because we always just go for it like we go down deep and when it's my session for acupuncture so it's not really space for you tell me so much, and now I'm where the roles are reversed. Here I am. And here you are. And, you know, just however many listeners are on the other end, but... <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So what do you want to share today? What, what was being called to you um, to, to be here today?
1: Well, one connection that you and I had that came up, I think we were talking in one of your sessions, mm-hmm. was... I was talking about this thing that I had been working on, which was the space in between. Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I have a podcast. I have a podcast. And it was before you had started to do it, it was still something that you were kind of playing with a little bit and these ideas that you were forming. And so we had had a conversation about that. And right now it'll probably come to me in a little, I can't remember, there was something else that has happened very similar to that where both of us at the same time have been talking about or thinking about the same thing. But the space in between was really interesting and the way that I looked at it and was working with it in my own practices was a little bit different than the way that you've talked about it and developed it and how you've worked with it or started to explore it. And I thought it was interesting because it's the same thing. Oh, I know what the other thing is, is how I do breath work and you're doing the Movement 109. And I've done both and I have come out of both feeling the same way. Mm. So it's just, a, it's just another thing that we can talk about that um, where we're doing different things and um, to affect a change, to affect um, sparks in people, exploration. And we're, our approach is a little bit different, but we end up with the same result. And I think yeah. that that's fantastic because it means that there's something out there for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I think, people who are searching, questioning, exploring, expanding, contracting, and, and it's important to find where you're comfortable so that you can do those things in a way that feels safe and, um, and comfortable. And, and if it's breath work, if it's acupuncture, if it's yoga, meditation, movement, whatever yeah. it is, I think that there's something for everybody. Everybody just needs to find what it is that works and resonates with themselves. Absolutely.
0: I, I mean, I teach that a lot in the, all these teacher trainings that I'm leading right now, and how I say to them, there's all these different doors that you can, you can enter through, but we all end up in the same place. You know?
1: I was in my car before I came in today, <laughs> just doing a little bit of a meditation and yeah, something that I, I said was, may this be a door that opens into other
0: things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So I'm curious to, I mean, we have talked about it, but it, just to dive a little bit deeper and to share it with other people, um, what is, so you were going back to, um, the space in between and, and how I have this certain approach and how you're, you have a certain approach and, and kind of exploring it in a different way. Do you want to share with um, what that looks like for you and what that journey has been maybe getting to that place? The way that
1: I had looked at it was, um, so I do a lot of breathing practices. And for me, I've always um, really loved the space in between the breath the holding of the inhalation and then the pause at the exhalation. And I find that the more that I, the more time I spend in those two places, the more I discover. And for me, the space in between is the space in between the breath, Mm -hmm. between the inhale and the exhale. Um, I love Doing locks and holding the breath, either when I'm in poses or even after certain meditations or during certain practices. And I find that it's within that space that um, almost emptiness, there's a neutrality that then allows for other things to come in. And Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily thought, but there's shifts that happen within those spaces. And for me, because I practice in this way, those periods of, of, uh, of that space between the breaths are pretty long for me. I've never really timed them, but um, it's almost like a, a going into a certain type of meditative experience. So that's where it started. And then when you started talking about what the space in between meant for, y- for you and how you were looking at it with the space in between these different periods in your life, mm-hmm. or the space in between decisions, or I said this before, expansions and contractions. I started ex- thinking about it in that way too. Um, it's the same. It's it's the same yeah. thing. It's just happening in a little bit of a different way.
0: Yeah, you're looking at it more in like a microscopic. Micro. You know, really going into just breath, like this moment here now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was kind of talking about the bigger stroke, but that's where we do the practice and that breath work, and that we can go into those bigger life shifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. So, um, how I'm interested to know kind of your journey, because I don't really know it. Do you mind sharing a little bit? Where shall I start? Wherever you want to start. I am originally from California.
2: hmm
1: And I left and went back a couple of times. Um, I moved to Brooklyn in, I'm going to say 95 or 96. Okay. I don't have that date right it's okay. in my head. We're not going to fact check you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I've been here since, I've been in New York since then. Yeah. I have had many, many jobs in my life. And I've always worked at least one, two, three jobs at a time. Um, and everything that I've done has informed who I am now. It's like mm-hmm. that for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, But But you're really super aware of it. I am super aware of it. I'm grateful for it.
1: I think that because I've um, had management positions in the hotel industry, that I have run nightclubs, that I was a go-go dancer, (laughs) that I worked fast food, that I worked in a coffee shop, I managed a graphic design studio, um, all of those things, I... I understand where people come from. I think that it helps me in the practice that I have now because yeah. I have, um, not that I can always relate, but I just have an understanding of what it's like to be in different places in different times of our lives mm-hmm. and working with a lot of different types of people. Yeah. So I found that that has been really helpful. Um, so I've been in New York since then and. I came out here for a summer with a friend of mine from Northern California. We came out to New York. My aunt had an apartment in Inwood, and we stayed there for the summer. And then at the end of the summer, we decided that we wanted to move. So we flew back to California, packed up our stuff, and drove across the country. <laughs> Shopped the whole time at vintage stores. We thought we were going to open up a shop okay. in Brooklyn when we moved here. <laughs> and We ended up not doing that. We just had a really... a lot of stuff. <laughs>
0: afterwards. And apartments in the city or Brooklyn are pretty small.
1: No, we actually ended up moving into a loft that had been a Formica factory. Okay. So it was, um, two of my friends and I were living in this loft and I was managing a restaurant on the Upper East Side. I was working at a cafe on Bedford in Williamsburg and, um, Just living, you know. Mm -hmm. I wasn't 30 yet. Just having fun. I thought I was going to be some fancy artist. (laughs) That didn't come to fruition. Um, What kind of fancy artist? Well, I thought I was going to be a performance artist. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. That's what I wanted to do. Okay. Uh, But that's because I didn't really know what that all of that entailed. I thought I was just going to move here and become really well known. I know. I spent a lot of time um, with, like, Andy Warhol and Edie Sedgwick, and I had this romanticized idea of the art world in the city, and I thought that when I came here, I was just going to be accepted with open arms, and I had no idea where to go to find anybody. Yeah. I was just kind of flailing around, so.
0: Yeah, I flailed a little bit, too. I get it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But I met a lot of great people, and... um, I eventually started managing a graphic design studio. There's all all kinds of interesting stories behind all of these jobs and how I got to where I was, but I ended up managing a graphic design studio and the woman that owned that had uh, a shiatsu practitioner that she went to okay. and I was introduced to her. And while this was going on, I was starting I had started doing more meditation and practicing yoga more. And I really wanted to study Ayurvedic medicine. Oh, yeah. That was my goal. And at that time, only two people were teaching in the United States, and neither one of them would take me as a student because I didn't have any type of health or healing background. Okay. And so I thought, I'm just going to go to acupuncture school really fast, and then I'll go <laughs> to India. And... Um, I was introduced to acupuncture from this particular shiatsu practitioner. She also did acupuncture as well. And that's how I thought, well, this is pretty cool. I'll just go do this and then I'll go do that. I had no idea what Chinese medicine was because I had focused so much on Ayurvedic medicine. And there was a college in the city and I was able to get into that. And um, I fell in love with it. It just really it's a, you know, four and a half year master's program. It was a lot of study, a lot of Western medicine and then learning Chinese medicine, which is thousands of years old. And it started to make sense to me. I Mm -hmm. mean, it really, I understood the language of chi, of energy and yin and yang and working with the seasons. It was, it all resonated with me. And so I uh, finished that program in 2007, and I've had a private practice ever since. And since then, I have started to explore other things. I work with essential oils. I do energy work. I do breath work. um, And I incorporate all of those things into my practice now. But that's where I am now, is that I've had a private practice for... However many years that is, <laughs> and we're um, in 2019
0: now. Yes. so 12
1: years. Yes, for 12 years. Yeah,
0: in Brooklyn, and then up here.
1: I was in Manhattan.
0: Manhattan. Okay.
1: Until um, 2017. Okay. And then I opened up my office up here. Okay. We moved up here in
0: 2014. Fourteen. 14. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. that's when I came back. Yeah. At the end of 2014. Mm-hmm. Interesting, what brought you here to the Hudson Valley?
1: We wanted to buy a house and my husband and I are pretty outdoorsy mm-hmm. and we wanted to be near land, but we still had to be close enough to the city that was acceptable for him to commute because he commutes in three days a week. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's how we ended up here. It was like the farthest we could go yeah. and have it still be okay.
0: I think that's how most of us city people end up here in Beacon mm-hmm. or this area. Yeah. Did you did you ever play with the idea of Woodstock? I'm curious. No, because okay. there, there's just, really yeah.
1: no way to commute.
0: Yeah. That's where I was shooting for, and then it was too far. <gasps> it was too far. Like that, oh, yeah. okay. That was a compromise. Beacon. Yep. Or this area. So, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and so... It sounds like you have. You've lived many lives in terms of your career. And I'm guessing that there was a lot of, like, other personal stuff, too, that was always kind of underneath that, guiding that in terms of your career. And I'm really interested to know, like, what that looked like for you. Like, you were saying you were flailing when you first got there and then... um, when you got to New York City and then you found, how, how long was it that you decided to find your way to um, Chinese medicine? Probably eight years. Okay. So what was that space in between? I, besides your career, like, well... What?
1: When I was here for the summer, we yeah. really yucked it up. We just had tons of fun. Yeah. We, we made a huge calendar on the wall with butcher paper. Yeah. And we mapped out all the months that we were going to be here and all the art openings and all the bands we were going to see. And <laughs> we had people coming in to visit us for certain, di- certain periods of time. And we just had a lot of fun. And it was very, very full. And what was happening at that time as well is that I was drinking mm-hmm. and I got to a point in July where some of the decisions I was making and some of the experiences that I had got really uncomfortable. Yeah. I had guilt and shame and I woke up one morning really, really hungover. And it was a very hot, humid New York day and I was at the Botanical Gardens not feeling well and I decided that I wanted to stop drinking Mm -hmm. because I didn't like the way that it was making me feel. Yeah. And so that was the beginning of that space. Wow. Was me navigating all the things that I always did and not drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I was younger, I spent some time going to Alatine And then as I got older, I spent time in Al-Anon. And so I was familiar with all of this mm-hmm. since, you know, from a very young age. And while I've never, I've never um, considered myself an alcoholic I just wasn't comfortable drinking anymore mm-hmm. and so I stopped so that period of time really was just trying to figure out who I was without that
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that took some time and of course I was dating and um, exploring relationships as I was exploring who I was in this new way and um after a series of relationships, I made a conscious decision to not date for a year. And it wasn't a time of like deep self-exploration. I didn't go into anything. I didn't do the artist's way or anything <laughs> like that. I just decided not to date. And it was a very interesting thing because I took, it was just off the table, mm. It, there was no i wasn't searching i wasn't looking i wasn't wondering so i was able to go into situations with that just gone and mm. experience things from a totally different point of view because i wasn't seeing who was in the room who was watching me what was going yeah. on what was going to happen when it came to you know other people and so i think i expanded during that period of time to some degree because i was just filling my space with myself. Mm. So that was that space in between. I was trying yeah. to figure that out. And then right at the end of that period, I met the person who is now my husband.
0: Oh And
1: we've been together. Oh boy, another date. <laughs> we met in February of 2000.
0: OK. So it's been a while. It's been Yes, Yes.
1: It's been a while.
0: Okay. So it was, I'm asking because I'm sort of in that space right now too, for myself of being single for, I guess it's almost a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Within a couple of months, but yeah, I guess it's, yeah, I don't know where we are right now, but yeah, it's been almost a year. And was it, it was this conscious decision like, oh, I'm ready now. Or you were at the end of that year and he showed up. I like think you he just showed opened, up. Yeah, you weren't you weren't like declaring that year. No, I didn't. I
1: yeah. didn't declare that at all. Yeah. He just showed up.
0: Here he is. Yeah, <laughs> set an intention, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and that happens.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah it wasn't looking or yeah. anything like that. It just happened. Yeah,
0: interesting. Um, yeah, we do have some parallels. I mean, I knew we, that already, but I spent time in Al-Anon Allen, Allen too and, um, when I was in middle school because my father was um, going in and out of rehab at that time. And, and similar, you know, I went to New York City, and I don't think I had a drinking problem either. It was just that, gosh, that city, that's all you do socially, right, mm-hmm. is go out and have a drink, or, and then all of a sudden you're there, especially if you're in the food industry mm-hmm. right absolutely he, it turns into 5 a.m yes. <laughs> really quick because you don't get out until midnight at least if not later but so that was really um so I admire you being able to say in the midst of that this is not for me anymore and to really be strong with that because um, I'm guessing that you were still surrounded by it you were still surrounded with friendships
1: I was and and this is You know, my story is unique to myself and some people really need to have some type of support system, 12-step programs. There's so many other types of programs out there now. And it wasn't that I woke up that morning and like hit a bottom and said, I'm just never going to drink again for the rest of my life. But it was like, like, this is uncomfortable to me. And this, a lot of things change for me when things become uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. unacceptable and And that's where I was. Mm -hmm. It was uncomfortable. And so I just, I built on that. And probably the next night or the night after I went out with my friends and I just said, no, I don't, I don't want to drink right now. And it never turned into any type of a thing with any of my friends. And the one friend I moved out here with is still in my life weekly. She lives in Copenhagen now. She actually mm-hmm. is, do, is a breathwork facilitator. Oh, so cool. we have had a very interesting...
0: How your pads are somewhat...
1: Absolutely. Okay. And she'll even say, like, we were just having fun. Yeah. Like you didn't, there, was, there wasn't anything funny going on. Like she, I, she says, I wasn't doing anything different than anybody else was. Yeah. But the way that I was feeling about it, and it could be from how I grew up and what I experienced with alcohol then, it just... Um, was a decision that I made. And like I said, I just built, the days just built and built and built. And I I never really counted days or um, had a plan. Yeah. It's just what happened. It's like a
0: switch that said, I'm done with this period of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had a similar switch in in a number of ways too. So uh, I do, I do think it is different for each person but it seems like you have always been self-aware. Mm-hmm. And I think that going through um, that experience of having Al-Anon in your life at a young age, and I don't know, did, were you in therapy too in any Oh, respect? Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, I think that that's a gift in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't, for myself, I didn't really think of it as a gift <laughs> right, back then. You know, like mm-hmm. there was a reason we were going to these things that were not, happy reasons, right? But I do, I think it's such a gift because you um, become so much more self-aware and you have, you know, you were having this inner dialogue and that's basically was having that inner dialogue when, am I having fun? Okay, now I'm not having fun anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can turn that off now. And not a lot of people have that, you know, um, and that's why I think there is that need for the community and a support group, which is excellent because they might not have had it before in right. some way. So
1: I will, ha- I do have to say that alcohol has passed my lips five times yeah. since
0: 1997. Like, Again, yeah, we won't do a fact check. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's been, it,
1: yeah. you know, I had a sip of champagne at my sister's wedding. Yeah. I was at a nightclub in Beijing, and they said they had absinthe, which I have always been a huge fan of. (laughs) And I thought, this is, I'm in Beijing, (laughs) I've got to at least see what's going on with this absinthe that they're saying that they have. And it was Midori, like green, (laughs) like melon Midori (laughs) was an absinthe. So, and I was at a restaurant in Beijing, a Tibetan restaurant, and they made their own um, like hooch, <laughs> they made their own. Like the cooks in the kitchen, and yeah. we closed the restaurant down. And the chef came out and offered us some. And I had a sip of that. So, yeah. you know, there have been times yeah. that it's happened. So I get it. But I have not had a hangover or been intoxicated since. Yeah, 1997, I
0: guess. Yeah, you have the center gauge. Like this is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have a glass of wine here and there, but. Um, I, I definitely feel like that period of my life that what you were kind of putting in in New York City, I've that part of I can't I can never go back to that. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I don't think too, survive.
1: with um, the way that I have pr- explored practices in my life, I um, for me to feel in an altered state that isn't brought on by a meditation or some type of movement practice or something yeah. like that is really uncomfortable for me.
2: I understand and that.
1: And so that's another reason why I haven't done those things at all because that, um, it's not comfortable anymore.
0: And you're very sensitive, it sounds oh
1: like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like I look at a cup of coffee and start shaking. Me too.
0: <laughs> isn't that sad?
1: Um, It is, but yeah. Periodically, I mean, I'll try, and like my
0: stomach hurts, and I'm all shaky and sweaty. I'm like, this, <laughs> why? This is not worth it. It's so funny. I, um, I've never been able to drink coffee, ever, ever, but every once in a while, I just love it, and if I'm on vacation, I'll have one, you know, a latte or something, and then I can't sleep until five in the morning. I,
1: <laughs> I did. Um, I took some cacao at a cacao ceremony mm-hmm. uh, not too long ago, and yeah same thing happened one sip up for hours hours yeah. hours hours so
0: yeah you're you have a sensitive system mm-hmm. I'm wondering how then because I did that breath work that you teach and that was quite intense I had a very intense experience and so I'm wondering knowing all that now how are, how are you drawn to that specific breath work and I'll maybe tell us a little bit more about it um
1: I Well, my friend in Copenhagen was telling me about this new thing that she was doing mm-hmm. with a teacher there. And I was going to visit her. And I said, oh, but that sounds interesting. I'm always exploring things that have to do with these, in these realms. And so I said, I'll book a session with him. But at the same time, I was hearing rumblings of breathwork, breathwork, breathwork in Brooklyn, Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And um, when I went to Copenhagen and experienced it, I I was blown away by how I felt Mm -hmm. and the experience, like how deep I went, how fast I went and what happened within that space and how I felt afterwards, which was like a whole new person, but I couldn't put my finger on why. And when I got back to the States, I started researching breathwork and found that a woman that I had gone to school with, she was just starting as I was graduating, um, was teaching breathwork. That's Erin mm. Telford. Okay. And so I got in touch with her and decided to do a training with her after I had done some virtual classes that she had and um and so that's when I started doing it. And then I've since studied with her teacher, David Elliott, who developed this type of breath work that I mm-hmm. practice and that I teach or facilitate. And um and so then I've trained with him as well. So that's how I discovered it. Mm-hmm. Another connection I have with
2: my friend in Denmark. <laughs> yeah.
1: So and um and I Find it to be. I love Chinese medicine, and I love acupuncture, and it works for so many things, which you can attest to. Mm-hmm. Yes, because it's some of the shifts that you've had <laughs> Huge wouldn't shifts. necessarily come with breath work. Mm-hmm. Like it's two different things, and they affect yeah, different things. They're
0: different tools.
1: Acupuncture can work on the psyche, can be beneficial for emotional healing. In addition to all of the other physical things that it works well on. But breath work really cuts through so many things very, very quickly within one session and allows us to access things that have been stored deep inside our bodies, in our nervous systems, and allows us to release those. Mm-hmm. And I like that fast shift. Um, and it's not even bypassing, it's just getting rid of things that no longer serve us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we can't vocalize what those things are. We can go to therapy and talk about them and why my father acted a certain way and that's why I'm always attracted to these type of men. (laughs) But in thinking about that and figuring that out within our thoughts, it sometimes takes us a really long time to make that shift. Mm -hmm. Where with breath work, we can go into the deeper patterns of why we keep choosing the same person and release those. It's just a different way of accessing things that um, are held deep inside of
2: us.
0: Yeah. It sounds like what you're saying is, you know, in therapy, we're looking at the why Mm -hmm. and we're shifting, moving from a different standpoint from that new why. And this is just basically kind of repattering that mm-hmm. groove, right? This groove of always going towards that person and now it's just changing the groove so you're going <laughs> the other direction. Yes. Um yeah, I I did I share with you my experience that I had in the, in I don't think work? in
1: detail because we've only ever yeah. really talked about it within in a group setting.
0: Yeah. It was so interesting because I heard the other two women who had their experience and they had very different experiences from each other and then also I had mine and I was like whoa this is and they had and it sounded and even they were also making different sounds too like one I felt like she was in pain and the other person felt like she was like super joyous and I was like what am I sounding like (laughs) because you know you're just you're just breathing um but I felt like my whole back body was sand Mm -hmm. and it was just like going into the earth just, like, fast, 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 down, sinking down, down. And my whole front body was just vibration, just vibration. Like, I just kept kind of feeling like a car wash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it was just this car wash. My face was the, those spinners. Right. <laughs> it was wild. And then I was so grateful that I did not have to drive. I was close by, mm-hmm. and I could walk home. But um, it was... It was, I still haven't pinpointed it, but I definitely felt a huge shift, you know, within that physical experience of it. But, um, yeah, I think that there was like this regroup, there was a new groove. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm interested to do it again at some point and see what that experience is like now that I've had a little bit of time away from it.
1: That's a great way to explore it. Yeah. Is to, you know, what's going to happen next. Some people that are (laughs) actively trying to um, make some shifts Mm -hmm. or have questions that come up, you know, they'll do it, you know, once a month. Sometimes they'll do it more than once a month. Mm -hmm. and, And they really start to notice changes and that's you know if you it's with anything that you're doing yeah that you know you could you explore what your options are and you can do that with breath work and then like you just explained you had an experience and now you've kind of lived your life within Mm -hmm. that experience and now you'll do it again and see what comes up yeah i in the beginning i did it pretty frequently like at least once a week yeah that's intense. <laughs> and um, and now I do it whenever I feel that I need it. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something going on I can't pinpoint. Yeah. Um, I did use it during this winter if I started to feel a little winter bluesy. Mm-hmm. I think the California girl in me doesn't always <laughs> agree with these this weather here. I understand. And um, so that shifts things. And um, I use it if I come up against something that's difficult because I'm always exploring and always searching within myself mm-hmm. and um and I have things that come in and I might not know how to process them and I use breath work to process them. Mm. So but I also use acupuncture. Yeah. I use body work. Yeah. Massage, meditation. All of it. Right? I do all of it. Yeah. I really do. And but that's not true. I don't do all of it. I have mm-hmm. explored so many things and now I have a toolbox
0: for that and it contains what works for me. Yeah. I understand. I'm, I feel the same. Um, yeah. I, I'm very grateful for, to finding you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> acupuncture. Cause that was a tool that I hadn't um, been using. I have found it years ago, and then I don't know what I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And um, reconnecting with you this past year and, and using that as my tool again has definitely been a major shift in my life again. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Of course. <laughs> That's, That's
1: why yeah. I do what I do. Yeah. I love it. I was just asked yesterday what my Purposes in many mm-hmm. areas of my life, and one of them was work. And I was so quick and articulately explaining what it is because I've done this for so long, yeah. and I love it so much. I, my ideas around it, the way that it makes me feel, the reason why I do it is so clear to me, mm-hmm. and that is a fantastic, fantastic place to be, mm-hmm. to not... Question, to not wonder, to know that for now this is what is great. Yeah. And I love what I do. And what's interesting about working with people and helping them to see things differently within their own lives is that there's, we've talked about this, there's so many tools. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to just stick to Chinese medicine. I can incorporate other things into my practice, which is what I've done with breath work. And so I don't feel confined to a certain type of medicine, Mm -hmm. and that as I grow and shift and change within my own life, my own spirit, um, that my work can evolve with me in that way. And that's, I think, to the benefit of myself and everybody that I work with. Yeah. That, that it's not stagnant. Yeah. That I am forever expanding in the work that I do. Yeah. And I love it.
0: That's great. I've been exploring. I mean, that's kind of what the Movement 109 came to be for me, too, because I was feeling somewhat confined in the, the yoga, you know, mm-hmm. of here I have to teach alignment and I have to, you know, make sure everything is good and safe and that structure of it and following these rules. And I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And mm-hmm. so when I finally was like, wait, this thing that I do in my room by myself, <laughs> why aren't, am I not sharing this with people? Exactly. <laughs> so, and it sounds like the breath work was Uh, something that you were experiencing in that respect too. So you've been starting to share with people. That's somewhat new, correct? That you've been sharing it with people? uh, A year and a half. A year and a half, yeah. Yep.
1: And I've been doing it myself for a little bit over two years
0: yeah so it is. and your your sessions, I mean I haven't done I've done breath work in a class situation with you, but mm-hmm. um, but your acupuncture sessions, I love too, because I have been to many acupunctures before, and everyone's so different. That's but right. Y- you are you do have even you have so many other little tools that you bring in, like I love the first day you had a card for me and you had crystals out and we did this whole reading and I was like, oh yeah, thanks. (laughs) I actually really needed that too. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's quite an experience.
1: Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And I think that that goes back to what I just said about it's not, um, just one thing. So it is true when you come into an acupuncture appointment with me, uh, I, I do a meditation on each person before they arrive and kind of tune in to what might be going on. And I really pay attention to that. And so for your t- first thing, I was called to pull the cards out and to have certain crystals. For somebody else, we might start with a little bit of pranayama, mm-hmm. or maybe I'll work on their feet with essential oils. Or mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do a little Reiki just up at their head. Or maybe we'll just dive in and do some acupuncture and cupping and some tui massage. I mean, it just depends on what yeah. each person needs. And I work with each individual yeah. where they are, what they need at that time.
2: Yeah.
0: That's
1: you can't see my hands, but I'm flowing <laughs> them like yin and yang.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really special... They're really special gifts that you have, and that you are able to share with people in such an authentic way that Thank I greatly you. appreciate. Yeah, um, and this other phrase that you that I have quoted many times actually on this podcast I stole from you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's give credit now that you are here. Was this idea of your future self calling you? That's right. That's what and it was. And I wanted to. I wanna. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more of where that came yeah, from? And I
1: just wrote about that today on my Instagram stories. Oh, you
0: did? I oh, did. I have to
1: go watch. <laughs> because uh, um, there's a tincture that I take before a breathwork group mm-hmm. that is just part of what I do, you know, meditation, some oils, a tincture. This particular tincture allows me to connect with that future person, mm-hmm. my future self. So... The way that this started is years ago, I had an acupuncturist that asked me to explore going back to my previous self and be there with that person as, you know, be there with the four-year-old me as something was going on in my life and supporting myself as that four-year-old with who I am now. And I was able to do that, like really go back into that moment and be the four-year-old person and know that the person I am now is there. Because, or else how would I get to where I was now (laughs) if I hadn't been guiding myself then?
2: Mm.
1: To me, all of these things make perfect sense. So, I... (laughs) In, within meditation, I then um, experienced a group of myself in this lifetime, the, you know, who I was at four or five, six. And they were very frustrated that all of the things that, I, that they had gone through kind of weren't being honored and weren't being paid attention to, and they felt that I was not diving in deep enough into myself mm-hmm. and being authentic enough. The younger versions, the younger saying this versions to you. were okay. saying this to me. Oh wow. And one of them was really loud and it was like the teenage goth that I was <laughs> was like, "Why the heck did I go through all this?" I didn't wow. say heck to myself. Yeah. If this is what you were going to be doing now. And I really listened to that. And now I call them the all of me's mm-hmm. and when I'm working or meditating, you know, they're the, a part of the group of people that I call in for my support and I acknowledge them and give credit where credit is due because without their experiences, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So then I started to explore, well, if that's who came before me, who the heck's after me? Mm-hmm. Who's coming after who I am now? He's here
0: with you right now?
1: And I started to call that person in mm-hmm. and... There was a, a group breathwork that I was facilitating, and I was, in my mind, I'm, I'm I am pretty hard on myself, in my mind I felt that I wasn't prepared enough. Like, I didn't plan the playlist ten days out, I did it three days out, you know, I... I rushed a little bit, you know, maybe I ate, my lunch was too heavy and I didn't feel I was present and, you know, all that baloney that we go through as facilitators and teachers. And I was sitting there and I said, I don't know what I'm doing. Who do I think I am? And at that time I saw the person, it's like the 70 year old me showed up, like totally showed up for me. And said, you can do this. I am here because you're doing this now. Mm. And everything that you do now is because I am here with you. Mm. And I saw exactly what I looked like, what my hair looked like, what I was wearing. It was a very, very clear picture of who I am in the future. Wow. And I have worked with her ever since. Mm. She shows up for me. Yeah. When I need support, when I need a nudge, I also bring her in to acknowledge and thank her. So that has then led me into, you know, what is time and space?
2: (laughs) Yep. What's going on
1: here? Yeah. And I, that is where I am right now. That's what I'm exploring is Mm -hmm. this continuum, this... Mm -hmm. um, the spirals that so many people talk about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When I look up into the sky at night, why is it so familiar to me? Mm. Am I there now? Was I there before? Mm-hmm. Where am I now? Where have I been? Where am I going? Like All of those bigger questions. But really with these experiences that I've had with going back to my previous selves and ex- bringing calling in my future self that has really piqued an interest into me in me of exploring time and space and what is it really yeah and so that's kind of what i'm doing now with my meditation practice is seeing what comes up within that yeah area
0: that's powerful
1: so i'm very rooted in the present but i have an awareness that there's a lot more going on Yeah. And how is that affecting what's going on now? That's where I'm living these days.
0: In the space in between. (laughs) Totally.
1: (laughs) See, it always comes back to that.
0: It always comes back. We can make it show up anywhere we want. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. So that is the future
0: self. Yeah. And that's how I, um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that because you had just... Kind of said this little phrase, mm-hmm. and you didn't actually share that whole experience. And it was interesting because I my takeaway from it was like you said it to me in a session. I can't remember what the context was. I bet
1: I know. Oh well, tell because me. this is another. I don't remember the specifics, but one thing that I rec- suggest with people to work with their future selves is just go 24 hours into the future. Mm. Prepare your lunch or prepare your breakfast the night before. Like, get the bowl out. Get the spoon out. Um, Take care of your future self, even if that is just the person that you're going to be in the next morning. Yeah. I sometimes do uh, nettle infusions, and I prepare those the night before. And when I wake up in the morning and I see those on the counter, I'm like, yes, (laughs) I did it. Like, I took care of myself. The night before. Yeah. And I do that now with my husband, because we're doing the whole celery juice thing like everybody else. Yes, and, me too. And um, so I wash the celery, I put it in a beautiful container in the refrigerator, and then I put the juicer, all 25,000 pieces of the juicer together (laughs) on the counter. So when we get up in the morning, actually, it's my eight-year-old son who loves making the juice. He'll get up and then very proudly show up with the juice for mama and papa. So we're all taking care of our future selves in that way. So that might've been how I
0: had framed it to you was maybe not. I love that. No, you didn't. It was way more abstract. Oh, yeah. I go that way too. That's, yeah. It was more abstract and... So I've been really, like, when I am sitting with this idea, I've been hearing, like, a whisper. Mm. Like, it's been more of, like, the wind. And it's the whisper of my future self coming. Shh. Have you
1: been, had any clarity around what that person is saying to you? Yeah. Or is it just a note, just a presence that you know? It was
0: more of a presence. Mm-hmm. It's been more of a presence. And... You know, of a feeling, I'll just Mm -hmm. say feeling because there weren't specific words, but it was, I was able to recognize, oh, okay. It was more grounding, like, okay, even though it was a breeze and Mm -hmm. very like wispy, it grounded me in here now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I love, I love that. I didn't know that because I was able to have my, you sort of shared it in an abstract way, so I had my own experience, but now I have your story and, I want to work with that a little bit, mm-hmm. with that idea. Both of those, what you shared, and then also preparing for your future self. I, I've been sort of working with that just, yeah, more intentionally recently, too. Like, okay, do the dishes now, Phoebe.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Because in the morning, it'll, you'll just be so much happier.
1: That's very true. You have true. The time
0: right here, right now. Do it.
1: It is. But it's the um, yin and yang. Yeah. It's all a little balancing act yeah and some really days is. are more successful than others and that's okay yeah that's that's okay i every time we take a breath it's something new it
0: is moment a, to moment it's always a new opportunity <sighs>
1: some of those things are very cliche to say but I they know. are true when you but think they're about cliche them for
0: a reason yeah absolutely oh i love this I'm glad we got to sit down and talk more. I know. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. With our future selves in this space in between. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to share? I don't think so. How can we find you? Because I know everybody in the Hudson Valley will want to book with you. now that That's I
1: fantastic. <laughs> I love seeing people. And I write that. So I'm an Instagrammer. Yeah. That's where you can find me, Erica, E-R-I-K-A dot Forsell, F-O-R-S-E-L-L. My website is EricaForsell.com. And I write that on Instagram all the time, that everybody is welcome Mm -hmm. in my treatment room, in my breathwork groups. Um, This goes back to all the jobs I've had and all the different types of people that I've worked with, all the people that I've been I ran away from home when I was a very, very young girl. Mm-hmm. I, never, I didn't have a place to live. I lived on the streets. You know, things have... I've experienced a lot of different things in life. Everybody is welcome mm-hmm. to come into my room because everybody deserves to be cared for. Yeah. Everybody deserves um, a safe space... To allow their nervous system to settle for just a little bit. Mm. I worked. Um, I've started two acupuncture programs for nonprofit groups in the city years ago, and I worked at a needle exchange for a, a long time. And most of the clients that came in there were either living on the street or shelters. Mm-hmm. Not many of them had a place to live, and. To be able to lay down on a massage table and have somebody, first of all, to be able to go into a room that was air-conditioned mm-hmm. when it's August in Manhattan Yeah. is, first of all, a huge Luxury. thing. yeah. Then to know that you're going to be in a room where no one's going to steal your things or cause you bodily harm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whole other thing. And then to lay down on a table where somebody is going to listen to what you have to say and help you feel better. Mm. Everybody deserves that. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Everybody deserves that. And that's another reason why I work with a sliding scale in my practice. Mm -hmm. I don't have um, set rates per se, I'm very flexible because. Another reason everybody deserves to be able to afford to care for themselves. So that's um, another way that I work with that. And I feel very strong about that, of yeah. providing that. So the original question was, how can you find me? And it went into, <laughs> why would you want to work but with I me? Love,
0: but I love that. I love that you shared that too.
1: All those reasons. Everybody is welcome. gender race, financial situations, anything that's going on, always welcome. Yeah. In my groups, in my room. I'm on Instagram. I have a website. You can email or text me to book appointments if you have questions. And um, yeah, I've got groups in the Hudson Valley at least once or twice a month I'm up in work. Lake Placid. Some periodically, I'll be doing some things up there, and um, and yeah,
0: yeah. Your breath work is on the website, I'm assuming. Absolutely, your, your group classes. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, and no, I appreciate that you said that too because I feel that's so important. You know, I feel there is a certain demographic that feels like, oh, I should like feels deserving of something like that, you know, of acupuncture or any sort of body work or Mm -hmm. um, healing. Right. Um, to yeah, everybody deserves to feel, (laughs) to feel better, feel feel better. And sometimes
1: I think acupuncture gets lumped into massage, which sometimes gets lumped into a luxury spa treatment and it doesn't, it it doesn't have to be like that. I will go to the acupuncturist instead of seeing my GP because they could help me in a way that the, my I'm GP can't. Yeah, so.
0: I went to, and I, I mean, I came to you because my GP wasn't working, you right. know, I was having horrible um, urinary tract infections and they weren't going away. And that's why I originally came to you mm-hmm. and then- I Look at you and now. We, and then we realized that there were whole other problems. <laughs> <laughs> There's other problems that you changed too. So that was cool. I didn't change yeah. them. You I mean, you know, you helped, you helped facilitate. Yes, you and helped that's what space. I, yeah,
1: I love doing that. Yeah. I ask the questions that don't necessarily need answers. Yeah. There's a lot of rumination that goes on. Yeah. And um, I'm just there to hold space, facilitate, guide. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have some knowledge I've been doing this. <laughs> you for have a, a lot long of knowledge. Time.
0: <laughs> Give yourself a little pat on the back. Yeah.
1: So and yeah. also I was just talking about this too. Like anything that I explore within my own practices and within myself just benefits everybody else that I Absolutely. come into contact with. And that's another way, which is interesting, you said that the way that I look at the space in between is so micro because that's how I feel that my work is. Mm. That I work on this level of community with people here, mm-hmm. knowing that they're going to, the energy that they experience with, with, in working with me and the changes that are made when working with me, those will then expand into their lives mm-hmm. and they will affect their children, their partners, their friends, and then that will just keep going.
0: Absolutely. It's almost
1: like paying it forward in an energetic health way.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm just seeing this image of like uh, literally like a little needle, like a pin drop mm-hmm. and then just whoosh, ripples. Yep. It is. We, we have to kind of go back between both the micro and the macro mm-hmm. and yeah, you do it so beautifully. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Of course. Yeah. And um, maybe we'll have you back another time. <laughs>
1: I'm always up for chatting. Yeah. Well, thank you, Erica. Thanks, Phoebe.